Hi, I'm Glenn Harper, CPA and owner of Harper & Company, CPAs Plus, and partner in Sula Consulting. In each episode, my co-host, Julie Smith, Harper & Company's practice manager and partner in Sula Consulting, and I will interview a different guest about their entrepreneurial journey. The podcast features interviews with business owners, aka entrepreneurs, who bring intriguing and entertaining clarity to the entire entrepreneurial journey, giving others confidence to build their business. Our goal is to provide actionable value to you, the entrepreneur, to help you do business or build a business. Every entrepreneur deserves to enjoy the journey. Learning from others offers valuable insight and inspiration. We want to provide insight on the why, the how, the shortcuts, and the value add that many entrepreneurs wish they would have had identified at the onset of their journey. Sit back and enjoy the journey. Hi, this is Glenn Harper and Julie Smith, and we're talking with uh, Brett Johnson of Circle 270 Media today, a fellow entrepreneur. I've been working with him for a few months, and we just love how he rolls. So we're going to try to hear why he does what he does, what he does, and how does he feel about that? Well, thanks for asking me from across the room. Anytime (laughs) I can. So what brings you here today? What's, what's the story you got to tell? How'd you get started? I got started, you know, um, amazingly enough, I was in radio for almost 30 years. I started when I was 17. Where you were broadcasting behind the scenes? Yeah, radio was on air and then changed into sales. About okay. halfway through, I realized that if you're on air, you don't make any money. And sales, sales at least, you can, if they change the locks on the door and change the format, you still have a job. How about that? So sales turned into that. And that was actually a big jump for me because on air, I was comfortable, loved doing it, but it's a young person's game, quite frankly. And But I realized, okay, if I'm going to make money and also be flexible, I need to do this. But I was not a salesperson. I right. I was that old WKRP kind of feel like, oh, if you're sales. Howard Nesman. Yeah, you know, that kind of stuff. And and my, my uh, fiance at the time and now my wife said, you know, do it your own way. Do sales your way. If it's successful, that's great. If not, okay, you tried. And that really helped. And it's like, okay, I'm going to do it the way I want to do it. You know, so it breaks that mold in my head that I'm not sleazy and, you know, use car salesman kind of feel to it. Um, still not the most comfortable thing in the world to do, but I've got the confidence and the thick skin to take no's. Isn't it funny that everybody thinks that you don't have to be in sales to be an entrepreneur? I know. Like, you, oh, you got to be. all in sales. you got to be. You're no selling something. If nothing else, yourself and your concept, right? So after that, I um, moved around different stations and uh, ended up in Columbus with my wife. And uh, she teaches at uh, Wright State University. And we ended up moving on the to the west side of Columbus and still st- stuck around here with radio. And um, the, the past, well, the, the last five years, I guess, it was when I was with the radio station. Just didn't, I was bored, it just wasn't the same. Radio changed over thirty years for me. Was that and that was in the sales capacity? Yeah, right? yeah. Okay. Just it just wasn't as fun. Um, got more corporate. Even though I was at with a, a local, independently owned radio station, it just didn't. It just wasn't fun anymore. I still love radio itself, but I think it's this uh, uh, what it was in the past for me. So, if you could have stayed in the broadcasting side and being on air, would you have continued to do that? Is that was your was that your calling, or was it? Nah, you know, with the way radio changed, no, because radio is even more tight than it is on. Uh, What's that? On that air, tight. Um, when I started on air back in the eighties and nineties, you could you weren't scripted. You didn't have the three by five cards that you had to read every time. When you hear on air personalities now. They're reading something. They have to say what they're saying 
There's not a whole lot of ad-libbing going on. And if it's talk radio, yes. But the music-driven, what they say that needs to be said. So, you know, when that evolution came, that even music-driven radio stations, you couldn't talk about what you wanted to talk about a little bit, you know, without going on and on and on and on. That that doesn't entice me at all. And that's where this podcasting thing kind of came in. So the man was kind of telling you what to say instead of you just saying what you want. For wanted. sure. You had to promote stuff that's coming up with the station and, and uh, our clients and that, that sort of thing. Yeah. They more had a, a narrative. And for all of our listeners out there who probably don't even listen to the radio, never even been on the radio or ever have a, even have a radio, you know, we're talking, this is last, last century when mm-hmm. we started doing this, right? So it has changed a lot. Yeah. It's way different than Sirius XM or whatever, right? Yes. It's just way different. They just play the same mm-hmm. canned thing. Yeah, it's, it's not very it's more, tested. More corporate, corporate owned, I'd say. Yeah, probably. very much so. Very much so. It's driven that way. So those last few years that uh, I was with the station, um, I, I started noticing and getting these questions from clients about podcasting that they, I had a few that would do um, Sunday morning infomercials or long form programming, we used to call, and you'd buy a 25, 30 minute block of time. But they they also started to realize and asking me about it as well too. It's like, well, wait a minute, if it's if I'm on a Sunday morning, eight to eight thirty, and that listener tunes in at eight thirty one, it's done. It's like, yeah, you're right. So that got me to thinking about podcasting and looking at it more and more, and with a couple other programming elements that I was working with this, with the radio station, a gardening program and such. Taking a look at how can we use what we produce and use it more than once and do more with it and and get those listeners still excited and buy in and listen at their leisure versus when we tell them to make an appointment to listen to a program. How long ago was this that you made that? About when – it's funny. I did all this when I turned 50. The midlife crisis. Midlife crisis. No almost, better time you know? to make a change. So – with all these advertisers asking me about this, I started doing my, you know, I started going to what I called night school and just plowing through bunches of listening to podcasts, reading all about this stuff and became pretty good at understanding what to do with this pretty quickly over about six or seven months of just, you know, every night reading about and listening. So all of a sudden I started working with clients doing this on the side, outside of the station. And there came a point where doing this as a side hustle interfered with my regular work. We call that moonlighting right. in the business where right. you're not really to go all in on being an entrepreneur because right. you want to test it. And some people get the luxury of being able to do that mm-hmm. to just feel what it looks like versus going cold turkey, which is a big deal, right? Yeah. And we had a culture at the station that most other sales reps had other stuff going on. So I, really, find that, I find it fascinating that yeah. sales reps – are doing something on the side, not just selling. I, I, I'm fascinated by that. Yeah, it's, right? it's non-com- non-competitive, but they have to watch the time, right. make sure they're not doing it during the day. And mine was starting to creep in my to nine to five versus my five to nine, as I would call it. And that was when I made the choice. I you know, gave my notice saying, I've got to do this. And I felt comfortable enough that I could do it. And I also had a couple of people working with me that were really getting in my head going, Brett, it's time to move on. It's time to move on. You can do a lot more than what you're doing. You, understand that you know more than what you really know. Do you think it was those relationships that really pushed you to take that jump? Big time. Big time. I would uh, I I probably would have made the jump a little bit later than what I did, but I had that support system that truly believed and I believed that they believed in me that I could get it done. 
And do you think to this day, do you still surround yourself with those same people and they're still in your circle? Still, still in my circle. You? Still in my circle. I have to have them. And I, and I have them in there because they support me and they make me accountable. I, I read, I, I'm sure many people have written this and said this, but when you're on this journey, tell people because they're going to ask you about, hey, we talked about this last time. How's it going? Just in that, they're going to hold you accountable. Mm-hmm. And, I, okay, I'm going to do that. I'm going to tell people I'm going to go into podcast. I'm going to be a podcast consultant, even though they had no clue what it meant. And nope. and they asked about it, and I knew they would, and I had to continue on. And I was still energized. There was no way I was not going to. But that, knowing those little pieces out there were going to happen made me continue on, probably even faster than I would have. And I think that accountability is scary to a lot of people. Like once you speak it, it becomes real. Then you have to have action. Right. Oh, you do. Right. You're right. Exactly. Uh, I, I think that's probably why a lot of people don't because they don't want to have to answer that question because they've, oh, yeah, it's been three months since I've really done anything with it. It's embarrassing. Here's a here's a thought too. Um, people probably listening to this are wondering, well, well, who are those centers of influences? Who are those mentors? Who who would I talk to and who would I have in my life that would be my support team? Who Who is that support team for you? Because I think it's going to surprise a lot of people. You don't need Warren Buffett to be on your support team. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would be cool, but it's really not the case, is it? I tried to make it a variety of people. Uh, I went to my old sales manager who was there a couple of times at the radio station left, but uh, we connected. Very, he was the one that hired me initially to the radio station uh, that, that 15, 20 years ago. And I'd always been in contact with him and I trusted his advice and I was very lucky to have him. I am very lucky to have him in my life. But I also tried to make that circle of people different as well too that would hold me accountable and and somebody I could go to. So one gentleman, uh, I'll, I'll give a shout out to him. Uh, he, he's, his nickname is Don, the idea guy. And he really pushed me. He really gave me some tools to help me look at going it alone differently. And, and tools meaning mindset as well as just applications to buy that you don't have to buy this. You could mm-hmm. buy that. You know, just those things that can you can make your job easier. And and putting all those things together is like wow, this this is economically sound, and I'm getting things done fast because of it. Okay, so it a lot of things came together because I I made that wide circle of friends part of my life. Kind of the one of the goals that we try to do with clients as we help them on their journey or if we get them later in the journey is it's all about the shortcut, right? You can go through the school of hard knocks to figure it out, but when you've got great mentors and people that will provide that shortcut, whether you get it freely or you got to pay for it, that shortcut really accelerates the timetable time, time mm-hmm. to achieve whatever you're trying to go. Like for you, not only was it to make the jump quicker, but also to get more knowledge quicker. And you didn't have to have that 20 years in the industry to figure it out. You were able to do that. How long did it take you from the time you first started saying, I'm going to moonlight a little bit to saying, okay, I'm going on my own? Uh, Probably a couple of years. The the Mm -hmm. big trigger that happened in my mind that solidified that I wanted to get into this podcasting industry was a uh, podcasting conference. It's called Podcast Movement. It was in Chicago. And this was the big jump for me. It's like, okay, let's go to this conference. Road trip. Yeah, took a wife for the kids. They had a great time. I was there. I wa- we Driving back, I was on cloud nine the whole time. I had never been around so many positive, uplifting, helpful people in my life. 
because radio is so negative, mm-hmm. so negative, backbiting, infighting uh, with radio station versus radio station versus radio station. And I go there and I'm hearing all these people just love this industry, talking to each other, giving advice. It was the most energetic piece. I'm driving home. I told my wife, like, this is it. This I know I need to do this because I love this culture. I love what's going on in this industry. And it fulfilled that need of creativity that was lacking when I was in radio. That that, okay, one minute in, done. Or you're talking to sales or you're talking to your clients, I should say, and, and all you're doing is selling air. I guess that's I guess I felt like it was I've been there, done that. I'm good at it. I've got to go on to the next thing. Is and there this, something else out there? Yeah. Well, and, and and my wife brought this up to me, and I was talking about all the different clients I'm working with and all the different categories and all the different topics we're talking about. And she says, you remember when we first started dating what your goal was, what you wanted to do? I said, yeah, on a radio station. She says, you own a radio station now. You're working with all these different clients that Boom. have all these different categories and are doing stuff differently You've actually subconsciously working with doing a radio station kind of feel to it. Never thought of it that way. Talk about somebody holding you accountable, bring you back a black back from the past. Exactly. From the past. That's exactly, pretty cool. Exactly. So I'd, I'd given up that goal a long time ago just because of the monetary thing it was like, oh my gosh, it's crept back into my life that I'm actually helping all this audio content to, it, in my mind, was a radio station almost. And to think way back then, you knew you wanted to be an entrepreneur. You just didn't understand that journey and exactly where you were going to end up in right. order to fulfill that. I didn't have any entrepreneurs in my family. If you would have told me 10 years ago that this is what I'd be doing today, I would have laughed at you. It's like, there's no way. I don't know how to even start doing this. And I I heard somebody give the analogy the other day of, you know, this, this, the jump you make into these different things that you think it's going to be so big, but it's only that little, you know, when you're getting off the airplane, it's that, that, that little gap between the plane and the, and and the stairway going down. It's like, it's really all it is. And but I'm, it's big. It's big though, still. But because uh, I'm I'm encountering that with other things with my business style too. It's like okay, remember, it's just a little gap. It's just a little gap. You can always go back and forth, back and forth. <laughs> when, and I think what you said, which is uh, really amazing, is that for some reason, a lot of people don't want to see people succeed because they're Correct. not happy with themselves. So they don't want anybody to be happy. So there's the naysayers all the time and. It is an amazing thing when you find someone who believes in you, you find your support team that says, hey, you can do this. And then you get out of your own way and you go to, you know, it makes fun of the self-help things and all those conventions. And I was one of those for a long time. And then you show up at one and you're like, oh my God, all these people think like me, where where has this been my whole life? And then all of a sudden, boom, you get that confidence and you get that burst and then now you can go to the finish line. Right. I read early, heard early too, and it, it didn't sink in until I started making this journey. It's just you've got to get rid of those people. They can't be around you because they're not going to help you in the long run. they got to go, and it's going to be a hard break, but you can't have them in your life. You have to find the people that are going to support you honestly from their heart that and genuinely that when you have a success, they're going to, you can see it in their eyes going, way to go. Congratulations. That is so super. How, how hard was the breakup of all the people that weren't? Not really, because I started having these other people enter my life and taking up my time. That's a bad way of saying it, taking up my time. But I let them take, you know. You allowed them. I allowed them in. And therefore, I didn't have time for the other people. And they, they, they kind of went on their own way. 
doing their own thing. And I and I, I don't think it's as hard as need be unless it's somebody that's living with you. That's the negative naysayer. Right. It's like, well, get out. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, and I'm not advocating divorce or anything right. like that. I think that is something that, you know, if you're married or have a significant other, this is something you've got to really have a heart to heart about. You know, this is the journey you, you want to do. And if they're not on board, uh, they got to give you time, you know, try to try to at least encourage them saying, give me time with this because this is going to make me happy and it's going to make you happy too. If we're, if I'm happy, you're happy. You know, it, it's, it should be symbiotic. The life is hard and it's a lot harder by yourself, but it certainly is more rewarding when you finally figure out what it is that you want to be and what you want to do. It's just like these shackles come off of you and you, you, like I said, you wanted to own a radio station, but you didn't even know what that meant, right? Mm-hmm. You were like, that can't happen. That's too far. It was a dream. Then all of a sudden, literally, you're running an on-demand radio station for I don't know how many clients. They can listen all around the clock, all around the world. You're the man in control of that. That's got to be pretty exciting. It is, yeah. It's, it's, that, it's that opportunity that you can provide clients an opportunity to talk to their audience anytime, anywhere, any device. It's a pretty amazing. So if I'm, if I'm a an entrepreneur and I want to go do a podcast, it seems a little overwhelming, at least it was for me. And then all of a sudden you bring in the shortcut that might believe in you and you believe in them. And then they just coach you through it. And from my standpoint, Julie, I think you would agree. You've been awesome. I mean, I don't have to do any, you know, like we just show up and you make it all happen behind the scenes. Is it as one of those things where I thought it was this huge chasm we had to jump over and reality was just make the step, make the call. Mm -hmm. Is it, is it really that easy or is you just giving us TLC? There are a lot of things. There are a lot of details to it. And I think that's what does stop a lot of podcasters from either doing it and or not doing it very well because it's detail oriented as with any content generating opportunity. It just takes time. It takes time to get there where it needs to be. Podcasting has a bit more intricacies to it that if you don't do it right, all of a sudden I, you're, you're not in the right places. I was talking with a podcaster last night. Uh, wanting some advice and they've been doing their podcast for a couple of years now. And, and she mentioned, yeah, we finally, we, we just got on onto Apple and that should have been the first place they were on, but they're still two years in. I'm not going to tell her, what are you doing? You know, their, their journey is different than anybody else. It's just those little things like, eh, it should have been the first thing you did because you might've been happier with downloads and, and your exposure and such like that. But that was their journey, and they're still doing it for two years. Can't fault them for you know that sort of thing. But uh, you know, bring that bringing that up in regards to the the pieces to this and jumping in. That was that was a a big piece of where I started. People didn't even understand what are you talking about, podcast consultant? What is a podcast? What do you what do you what do you mean? Well, that right. initially you're right. right. What is a podcast? Number one, and a podcast consultant. Well, what does that mean? And I had to define that as well too. And I, I refined and defined over time. I mean, I started off in one concept of this and what I started off five years ago is much different than what I'm doing today. So you're pivoting. Big, big time, big time. Yeah. So it's not all the same every time, every yeah. day. No. Well, well, that's what everybody says. It's, yeah. Once you do it, it's so easy. No, no it's different. Okay. I mean, and I guess it would be a pivot point because initially it was looking at, uh, at, at working with independent podcasters and helping them generate money against their podcast. Because I, I was walking out of sales. Hey, I know sales. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing as selling a small radio station, a little podcast that have X amount of downloads. We'll go find a very local sponsor. It should, you know, blah, blah, blah. And that, about six months, and you know, I figured, no, I can't do that. Independent podcasters are like herding cats. They right. don't want to be found. They can't be found. 
And if you can't find them, an advertiser is not going to find them. So it's like, forget about that. And then I started really looking at my quote unquote book of business. And it's like, I'm working with businesses that are wanting to create podcasts and develop podcasts as a branding content in their overall strategy. It's like, okay, that's what I'm doing right now. It's kind of obvious. I should have realized what I was doing before. It's, this is what I'm doing. So run with it. Julia, this is what he's doing for us, right? Just yeah. making sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sound, sounds awesome. You know, like that's what we're doing. And my goal is to make it fun. Always. And easy to do because you got a job to run. you got a business to run. But this is, I understand, an important part of it. And I want it to be an important part because it's not just coming in, recording an episode, and you're done. It's, okay, let's create that episode. But what else are you going to do with it? What else do you want to do with it? What else can we do with it? That it's not just one and done. That's That's been my big philosophy. And this is just... Podcasting can be more than that. It can be a lot of things for your overall content generation, for your business uh, or life coaching, whatever you want it to be. Uh, but make sure it does more than just that. Otherwise, it's it's a, it's a hamster wheel. And what I hear from you is you're holding us accountable now. So oh, now for sure. Those oh, roles yeah. have switched. You've had all those people holding you accountable, and now you've switched that role into holding everyone like Glenn and I accountable to make sure we're successful in this. Oh, yeah. I mean, the first thing that when I start working with any business that's interested in podcasting is, can you lay out a year's worth of content? If you cannot lay out a year's worth of content, forget it. Because you're going you're gonna to quit in six, six episodes. You're done. You're done because you've run out of ideas. And it's like now it's become a job. This sitting around this table should never feel like a job. It can't. Otherwise, you're, you're going to dread coming into the studio. You're going to dread opening a mic. I want you to be energized like I can't wait to go record. That's, what the, that's where it is. If you can create that atmosphere, you win every time. That's a bold statement, Cotton. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's funny uh, listening you talk about what you're what you do and how you do it. But listening you talk on the radio, I'm like, this guy's obviously must have been a radio because he's a natural on on the mic to talk. Like, do you ever want to get back into the broadcasting side? Or you like being behind the scenes and helping people do their thing. You know, I would love my dream would be to work with a group of people. And my my it created a great audio drama. Okay, I I am an old radio show geek. I love the radio shows from the the forties, fifties, even into the sixties. The audio dramas, the, the 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 mysteries, the the, the 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 cop shows. I love that stuff, and I love what podcasting has brought back to life. There are tons of great audio dramas now that are using, you know, up-to-date sound effects and great writing. And some of these audio dramas are turning into TV series. That's how good this stuff is. That's crazy. It's Who crazy. Knew? Who knew? But TV and movies are looking at podcasting as idea generators. And if it's good content, you know, to cut your teeth in writing and, and creating and podcasting, you can actually get some some contracts signed to, to move into bigger and better things. And I love that that's what drew me to radio is that theater of the mind. I love that, you know, getting into somebody's head and they're listening to sound effects and they're listening to people talking their inflections and, and you're right there with them. Just listening to you, I can hear that passion come out in your voice. And I mean, I'm here to watch it and you can definitely tell that that's exactly what you were I would meant to be doing. I would love to be a part of that. I love doing this though, because you can, you can right. definitely bring that part of it. That'd be a dream job kind of just to be a part of that that atmosphere of that energy of building an audio drama and series. Now that, now that you've spoke it out loud, you know, 
someone's going to hold I you know, accountable. I am now, right now, <laughs> now, I'm, now <laughs> You're I'm on the hook. <laughs> now here's I'm accountable. A, here's a funny thing, too. Uh, when you're on your entrepreneurial dream and the journey and the the dream never ends, the journey doesn't end. It just keeps going and changing. But what kind of place are we in a society where before a creative person has to go through whatever that training is, write their, whatever those scripts are, hopefully they'll get through whoever those people are that gets it up the ladder to, Hey, we're going to produce this. Now, anybody, can go out, tap in their creative, creative side to create one of these, you know, episodes or whatever, and it's out there for everybody to see. It just helps everybody because there's just more content now, and it's not controlled by a group. It's open access for everyone. How liberating is that for you in this field to believe that you left radio because it was all controlled? Now all of a sudden, it's all wide open again. It's all wide open, and and the. the the big lift is on the producers, is, yeah. are on the host, the co-host, the company it, to get the word out. And there are a lot of them out there to be, you know, you, your bullhorn's got to be pretty big and, and continue to talk about your podcast. But there are so many easy ways to do it to make sure that you know who your your uh, your avatar, your 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 targeted audience is, and make sure you're in front of them all the time that that you're talking about what they want to hear. And you know, it's weird because um, there's still people want to go. I don't know how you are when you go sit down and watch TV, but there's a certain generational thing of sometimes I want to just peruse what's on and select it. When I have unlimited to go pull up anything, it's a bit overwhelming. It is. Right? Yeah. So every there's this balance of trying to figure out how that works, and that's up to the individual people doing these podcasts to create something cool that somebody else can see and go, you know what? I think I got to put this in a medium that these, this group of people want to listen to. Mm. And I think that's, that's kind of what you're trying to do. Cause it's not about having the podcast. It's about who gets to listen to it and who it impacts. Right. Right. I mean, Making sure you're in, you're in front of that right audience and then you're impacting the right audience, the right audience. And you consistently do that, that you, you know, you, there is a, a, um, a silent agreement that you've made with your listeners that they are willing to give to take 30 minutes of their time to listen to your podcast or 45 or whatever you know the length of it is that's a, a a pretty heavy agreement if you think about it because that's a lot of weight on you going okay i've got listeners who are automatically downing, downloading this episode every monday morning and i have to deliver every time Nailing it. I, I I have to. Maybe it's not a home run every time, but I have to deliver something that they won't unsubscribe and that I'm just done. I, I've, I've got a podcast. I probably have 40 podcasts that I subscribe to, but I have to go through every once in a while going, that's eh, just not delivering anymore for me. I'm just, I'm just not there. I'm beyond this. Some business podcasts, some podcasts about podcasting and a lot of audio drama. Um, but after a while, you make a choice. You just can't listen to it every time. And that that's on us as podcasters. Make sure that content is on target. And, and you're continually understanding what they need as well, too. And that's that give and take. If you can get your listeners to participate and give you ideas, that's that's the main, that's the right. that's the goal. It's hard, though. It's really hard because we all like to be anonymous and oh just kind of listen and never really give any feedback. And I would encourage anybody that listens to a podcast. I'm guilty, too. But... Give give your pod give your favorite podcast a, a, an sure. email. A, a, you know, hey, listen, love the episodes, keep up the good work. You wouldn't believe how much that means to a podcaster. 
We're just looking back for any feedback. Give me any something. Feedback. Was it was it okay? Was it bad? Was it right. good? Yeah, yeah. It seems like the you know the medium of of marketing and getting your message out to people. You know, it was the traditional advertising and those types of things, and it was networking and you know sitting down with people personally and having a handshake, playing golf, cocktail, coffee, whatever. I mean, that's still important for those really deep relationships, perhaps, but to get the the message out to the masses. At what stage in an entrepreneur's career, it, is it the beginning, middle, like before they start up? When should they start be thinking about that the new way to get followers, the new way to do marketing is through probably a podcast or some kind of social media thing? When should they start doing that? I think at any stage. I, I think it, it does harken back to the if you start, what is your message? Can you sustain that message or do you have a game plan that once this set of messages are done, you evolve into this and you evolve into this? I have a podcast on my own that I've changed from just me talking into a microphone with my thoughts to very heavy interview based because I found a bunch of people I wanted to talk to. And then I went back to a mixture of interview and just me soloing. I'd rather I, – I love having someone else with, on the mic with me. I'm really not that great at being solo. I just love being around the round table or talking to somebody because it's just a, it's a, for me it's an easier podcast to do. Well, probably too. It just it stimulates the creative juices. Nobody mm -hmm. likes to just read something. It's right. fun to tap in and get that that realness. I would think because I always look at it as if I got somebody around the table, I'm gonna I'm gonna learn from them. That's why I brought them on. It isn't about when you interview someone. It's not about you. It's about them. Then, but you get to interject and you get to learn as you go along as well too. Which isn't that what it's all about? Having fun and by God forbid, learn something. Yeah, I know. I mean, who does that? I yeah, mean, I, we know everything. Well, Everyone knows everything. And that's pretty much my intention when I do listen to at least a business podcast or anything that has marketing or social media, whatever. Is that they've, there's got to be one little gem in there that you can take away that you would hope. And if if you start to miss that and and those episodes kind of go and go and go and you're just not getting those little gems, that's when you start start to unsubscribe. It's like okay, I, I, there's nothing there. Uh, that's that's the key is to make sure that there's something there. And if you're learning something, your listeners probably are too. I think that's probably one of the goals of, of this podcast is to inspire somebody, an entrepreneur who hasn't made that jump to be an entrepreneur, but they've got those tendencies, right? You either mm -hmm. you got them or you don't. Yeah. If you have them, you're always probably suppressing them. But well, when you believe literally it could happen, to make that jump, that's the first step, right? You got to believe it. Yeah, it, it surprised me because I'm thinking I'm 50 years old. How many more years can I do this? But I got to things like I can do this for as long as I want, honestly. And that's that's kind of the goal of those next steps. Well, it's not even kind of, it is. How do I develop this out that I get to do more really what I want to do working on the business than what I'm doing right today? So what's it, what's, what, what do I want it to look like in three years versus today? And, and that, that, that's, that's what I have to look at in this next 12 months. A couple of things that I find um, I'm enumerated with, with, with clients and, and colleagues and whatnot, when they make this change to do this, generally it happens, like right now you're giving hope for anybody over 50, technology, like anybody over 50, they don't want to learn technology. And here you are just nailing it. And it's not easy stuff. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on, but hey, it can happen. And it's, it's hard to make that change. It's hard to believe that you can go learn a whole new thing. You, you were in an industry a little, you know, for a while, so it wasn't that bad, but it was, it's a whole new medium to do what you're doing. And then not only to go do that, but then 
to believe that not only can I do this, I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. And then you just nail it. I mean, it, it's got to be really an exciting time for you to believe yeah. that it, it happened. And you could have easily said, no, I'm just going to do this. Right. And, but on a further note on that, I think it's important to note somebody that is in your age demographic. When I say that, I'm, there's like this, you know, over under 50, over 50. Mm -hmm. When you're over 50, generally you end up with this thing we call uh, industry knowledge wisdom that is way beyond the task. It's about just understanding how things work. And you're really not good at doing the task anymore. You're good at doing the why, the or maybe, how. Or maybe you don't want to do the task Right, because you're bored. You've been exactly. doing it for 50 years. Like, yeah. I can't do this again. If I have to do right. try one more case, if I got to do one more tax return, if I got to mm -hmm. do, you know, interview one more, whatever that might be. Yeah. And and you can take that, and that's that whole pivot thing we talk about, Julie, is, is like you have this thing and you're like, well, I don't want to do that thing. What's that other thing I can do? And that's where the fun is because – you can be the shortcut for people below. You can be their mentor, right? Mm -hmm. And how fun is that? Has that happened with you at all? Have you been able to mentor anybody below you? Not yet. Okay. I, and I do want to do that. And I, right now it's almost a time thing uh, because I, I am the, you know, the, the dishwasher all the way up to the maitre d' with this business. And, and, and that's where things have to change for me uh, to understand. And I know what I have to peel off. I know what I have to do, but it's that little gap that I'm afraid to jump over. And But that piece of what I need to peel off is what makes me what I am, though, too, and why I made the jump into podcasting, because I've got the full deal here. You work with me, I can pretty much take care of everything that you need, but I also know I can't do that forever. I have to have other independent contractors working with me to, to take this off my plate so I can build the business even more. Uh, and I knew there was going to be a tipping point. And I think in next year is going to be the tipping point. It's like, okay, I have X amount of clients. Now I don't have the personal time anymore. I'll give you a little secret, a little, little advice that's going on. When you, when you say that you recognize that you need to leverage those relationships to get those things and you say it's going to be a year from now, do it now. Right. Right. Do it now. And, and what I'm saying is in the next 12 months, it's got to happen because I'm looking at it on paper going, I have to, I but have it, to. Yeah. It takes a while to, you know, recognize it. And it, and again, it's a lot of entrepreneurs feel like, like not, I want to say a failure, but like, I can do that. I can still do that. Well, you can, but does that mean you should? Yeah. And right. believe me, talking to so many clients over the years and doing it, once they release that control, trust that process, empower other people, it just exponentially happens so quickly. And it is, it is joyous. It's the most fun you're ever going to have when you give up that control. So as you do your journey, you'll find the right time. But when you do, it's a really, truly a magical moment. Yeah. And I keep hearing that from everyone that I've mm -hmm. talked about to this and they're saying, make the jump, Brett, go ahead. Yeah. Do your due diligence and, and, finding the right people to work with you and we have to fire them. Okay, whatever. But at least you're still a part of the process and eventually you just, it's done. It's done. You've got the processes in place and you hit button, boom, boom, boom. And you've got, you just found time. You made more money per hour because you're not doing those little things anymore. And it's funny. It's, I don't know. This is always a big thing for entrepreneurs. Are you, if I were to say, are you doing this for the money? Is that what would get you up in the morning? It's a piece of it. Because but it's not the main thing. It's not the main thing. Uh -huh. It's not the main thing. I, it's this. Correct. I love what we're doing right now at this moment. I've never had more fun in my life 
than these past five years doing this. Other than when I first got into radio and that joy of like, wow, I've got my broadcast license at that time. That was a thing. And I'm on air. Even though it's God Squad, seven, you know, six a.m. to 12, 12 in the morning on Sundays, I'm on the air. I'm the dude, and that came back with this. So, are you suggesting to a fellow entrepreneur that's thinking about it that if you do what you love, you're going to enjoy life, have fun, and the money will come? That sounds so. That's simplistic. That can't happen. That Sounds can't happen simplistic, that way. doesn't that, it? That's yeah. not true. I, I think there, it, it, the big picture, yes. 100%. You've got to take care of the dot in the I's and crossing the T's for sure. You know, make sure that you're paying yourself and make sure that you're charging enough. And that was a big thing for me too, is that I'm walking into this world that there are, at that time, five years ago, maybe five people in the world that call themselves a podcast consultant. That's crazy. I, I exactly that that term mostly was called maybe podcast manager, but I didn't like that term. The manager made it sound more of I'm managing the audio and doing this. The consultant has a different ring to it. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be that person that we're sitting around and planning and, and big picture stuff because I love big picture stuff. And then putting the details together of how you get there because if you don't do it right at the beginning, you can never get there to where you might want it because you wasted. Maybe not wasted, but you, you you let some time go by. It's like, oh, if we had done that a year ago, darn it. And there will always be things that you look back and wish you had done. But I thought that consultant piece, and then looking at it that way too, is like, what do I charge? X. <laughs> I had no idea. It's like, okay, let the market decide. If I if it's too much, they're going to say, eh, I can't right now, but he can do this. You take it. I mean, I guess you, you learn to never say no. So you're you just do it. Are you suggesting that? You didn't have it all figured out when you started? I had no clue what I was doing. I had again I had people around me though helping me figure this out in regards to and giving me the confidence to to it took me about two or three years to really know that, yeah, Brett, you know what you're doing. So you mean it didn't happen overnight either? It didn't happen overnight. Man, there's just a lot of negative connotations I out know, there. Exactly. So you're saying that you can start before you know, you can do before you know what to charge. And you're going to do it without knowing how much money you're going to make. Yeah. But you're and you're having fun the whole time. Yeah. You should. Nobody should ever be an entrepreneur. That sounds crazy. Terrible. Who would, who yeah. would do that? And learn along the way, and you know, yeah. learn from those mistakes, and hopefully those mistakes don't really kill you. But change, keep changing, keep changing. Noise like ah, oh, I should have done that with them, and oh, never thought about that when I put the contract together. You know, it's okay. The world's not going to end. Don't do it again. <laughs> is it a fair statement? Because, you know, what we get to see a lot is it's it's always bigger than you, the entrepreneur. It's really never really about you anymore. It's about the people you impact. It's about the people you empower. And it's also about, you know, as you mentor other people to try, I don't want to say emulate you, but they can kind of say, hey, I, I can, you inspire them. And you can maybe help the next person achieve their dream because it's not – it's not we're going to go to work and go to a job. We're going to go live your absolute perfect life. And it's going to be anarchy the whole time. Do you feel like that's kind of a thing? Yeah. I, I, trying to control the uncontrollable, I it's guess impossible, you say. Right? It, it's impossible, but just control what you can about it because there's a lot of moving parts to this. That, and and I'm still learning as well, too. And I constantly want to learn, but it, it's, it, it's that – I think realize what you can do and do it and realize what you can't do and find somebody else to do it for you because that's the frustrating point. That's where you'll go down a rabbit hole 
and go, why am I doing this? Find somebody to take care of the website if you can't do a website. Get it off your plate. Well, I feel like in your journey, that's where you're at. You're Mm -hmm. ready to make those changes. Mm -hmm. So as you're helping other people do it, we recognize, when I say we, I mean Mm -hmm. you recognize it, and those are great things to happen. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show today. Brett, it's a a pleasure talking with you. Again, it's Brett Johnson, Circle 270 Media. Uh, Brett, if you want to give a little plug to uh, email and all those things, website. Yeah, my email address, podcasts at circle270media.com. Uh, that's my website too, circle270media.com. Hopefully by the time uh, you go there, when you hear this episode, it'll be a brand new website. Obviously that's why I brought it up. And uh, my podcast uh, that I produce about podcasting is uh, notetofutureme.com. You can find that there and it's on all podcast players. Fantastic. Well, Grant, appreciate you having here and I hope the audience takes at least one nugget and come home and think about it and do an action item and, and join the I don't want to say exclusive, but a very special club of being an entrepreneur. This is Glenn Harper and Julie Smith. And we'll catch you in the next show. At Harper and Company CPA Plus, we just don't care about the numbers. We care about helping you tap into the greatness of your entrepreneurial journey. You deserve a partner who has helped hundreds of businesses go from paying the bills to building the business and lifestyle of their dreams. Go to our website and download our free guide entitled Entrepreneurial Success Formula, How to Avoid Managing Your Business from Your Bank Account. The link is in this episode's show notes.